to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links Golf Podcast is brought to you by the brand new Mizuno JPX 921 Iron Series. The new family comprises JPX 921 Forged, integrating the power of chromoly into the full body forged iron for the very first time. The JPX 921 Tour, JPX 921 Hot Metal and Hot Metal Pro, with each model engineered to help enhance performance for particular swing types. The Forged offers the fastest ball speeds Mizuno has ever produced from a fully forged iron, and we mean genuinely fully forged, while the JPX 921 Tour blends precision with enhanced stability from off-center strikes. Despite the slight differences in appearance with these models, all members of the JPX 921 family of irons are unmistakably Mizuno in both profile and sensation through impact. Be sure to check out the whole range of the new JPX 921 irons online. Now, moving on to today's show, we have three of the four Barons teams in. Davman's got the night off, but we've got Kipper and Philbert. Hello, lads. Afternoon, evening, and good night. Well, okay, that'll about <laughs> wraps it up. How are we, boys? Going well, going well. Shall we kick things off with our with our usual usual topics, boys? Get it off your chest. What's what's upsetting you, Phil? I love when you open up with this because you got the most vigor. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, actually, I would have expected real. to have it. <laughs> It is real because this one hurts, and I want everyone to listen up. But love hurts, Phil. We're listening. USPGA was a great event without the crowds irrelevant. Going in, there are four relatively young men, me included, who decided that we're going to have a Calcutta. We all chose the the draft order or the draft order was selected. After two rounds, when eight of the top ten were my players, (laughs) and I was offered the opportunity to trade one of my players. You know, Adrian Dodoro style from Essendon, one of my players for one of a fellow competitors. Uh, and I said, no, because if I trade him, that guy's going to end up winning, of which he came back and said, well, yeah, it's probably right. I knocked it back. I knocked back a Morikawa oh, no. for a Shafafali. <laughs> oh, Shafafals. Are you, uh, Phil, uh, is it, is it, it's interesting that you're you're even cynical with your Calcutta. I was <laughs> my <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am, but I was reminded. I was reminded, and I won't say constantly. He was very good about it after Morikawa won, but uh, he said, "Are you regretting the trade?" And I did offer to trade him um, late on Sunday afternoon or on Monday morning our time. Let me guess um, at the said, you know, top it's of not the too late. <laughs> yeah, after he hit it to seven feet on sixteen, I said, uh, "You know, I'm, I'm very open to giving up Shuffleoffly now. <laughs> uh, I've been burnt by Calcutta, and uh, not just by Calcutta and the food they." <laughs> Anyway, that's my that's my that's my hate. I love it. <laughs> oh, Deezer, lift it, lift the standard, mate. mate. That was ordinary from Phil. What have you I, got? I feel you paid though, Phil. It's uh, losing a bet when you've had it in your grasp is very annoying. Now, look, I, I've got to be honest. The thing I hate, and it's I've got to get over it because it's probably not going to happen much more. I hate when Tiger's not in contention in a major. It mm. it, it, it almost makes me turn the TV off, and I, I know it's childish, immature, all those things, but I, I just love seeing the great man in form and contending. It just gives something to it, and. As I said, might never happen again. So I've got to let it go. But it, I just hate it. I hate when he's not there. You, you need you need Tiger there just so that um, he can take a bit of the prime time action hey? instead of <laughs> instead of one <laughs> one day on well, There's just something about the greatest player, you know, waltzing around in, in contention in a major. Like I, I think people forget before he won Augusta, like the two leading majors or leading lead up majors at um, the PGA and the the Open. Like he was right there, and they, they were still bagging him like he wasn't back. Like. He was back, and yeah, I just hope that we see him again. Uh, I think we will, but um, uh, yeah, I was just disappointed he wasn't there. Very good, very good. Mine this week, well, something's been bugging me for quite a while now, and I don't want to call it a hate because I've tried really hard within myself to get over this. It's 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 upset me. It's very, very, very upsetting. And you know, you know me, guys. I like to embrace our differences, <laughs> and I'm often saying we need more characters in the game of golf, and, and when we do get one, we need to celebrate them. But I cannot stand DeChambeau's putting style. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Is that the only thing I, you can't stand about him? Oh, but just, uh, I'm just, just from a visual point of view, <laughs> I can't stand the, the, that arm anchoring. 
I despise it. I really dislike it. There's just something about it that, you know, you see a lot of the guys who were using belly putters revert to it now and it's such an ugly look he looks like it looks like herman munster trying to keep his dinner down like it, it just it, the whole thing <laughs> makes me want to vomit and it to be fair to him it's clearly working it's clearly working he's currently sixth in uh strokes gained putting um and putts per round as well as uh what was the other one uh one putt percentage and he's especially good over one over longer putts with that technique number one um in longest putts on two on the pga tour but Seriously, I, not only do I hate the putting style, I hate that it works because it means more people are going to start doing it. It's it's getting very, very close to – there was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode <laughs> where they actually had to um, – Larry David had to make sure that one of the putters, there actually had to be a bend and they asked the pro whether there had to be a bend in the putter or whether it can come straight up. It's getting very, very close to a 90-degree angle, isn't it? It is. In terms of the angle of the shaft, but it's just far enough away. And and I love it. What, what's interesting, Damo, and we'll get on to some other things later on, but what's interesting about this is that you, a few weeks ago, you spoke about the fact that everyone swings with the same. Yeah. And now you're criticising someone for being different. I, I, I love your consistency. I it's didn't, very good anyway. I'm not even going to give you a chance to respond I to didn't that. Say, I didn't say that I wasn't having trouble dealing with it. I'm just saying I've tried to like it. I've tried to be consistent, but I've got to call it myself out on this one. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is one of those ones where, like, the thing about the guy, though, is everything he seems to do is kind of working. Like, you know, the length, the analytical approach, the cut-down irons, the blah, 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 blah. And every bit of it grates on and, Well, it does. And I, think it, it, and I think it's just his general attitude. If he was a happy-go-lucky guy doing all these things, I think everyone would have a, a way easier time accepting him. But he's, uh, he's not nah. doing himself any favours in other areas, so uh, that probably makes him more annoying. Let's move on. I like, did you see Adam Scott? Actually, just on that though, did you see Adam Scott's comment of, I expected him to be longer? I mean, no, <laughs> like, no offense, but I've given all the hullabaloo, I expected him to be longer. You've heard that a few times. So, everyone, but at least there's this byplay coming in, which I actually quite like. And I'm, I'm not sure specifically, other than Bryson being confident and, and dressing, you know, a weird hat and a weird action and being super scientific, I, I haven't read a lot. That he's done wrong to rub people up the wrong way, other than the Brooksy. fact that people don't like his approach. Well, a few, few rules, uh, official things that he got. Bro- oh, cheating! <laughs> Brooks <laughs> wasn't a big fan yeah, of Brooks his uh, uh, of his fat guts comments either. Phil Brooks is a bit of a taller. Well, no, we love Brooks. Hey, 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 hey! Do you hey, like don't Brooksy? break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Oh, Phil has posters oh, up, on, up no. on the wall. Goodness. Yeah, true story. Let's move on, boys. That's that's enough. That's enough of the negative stuff. Come on, let's lift it. Let's get some. Let's get a little bit of the the heart pumping happening. Philip, one of the one of the great things to come out of the PGA, and and something that I, I genuinely hope continues for a long time to come. Phil Mickelson is the best golf commentator there is, and Phil Mickelson caning Feldo <laughs> was some of the most entertaining commentary I've ever heard. He was telling a story about being a good putter from 35 feet, trying to pump up Feldo, saying that every time he got it within three feet. And Feldo decided to take over the story and took it in a completely different direction. And Phil just gave it the, well, obviously you weren't listening to me and you've completely missed the point that I was going to make. But he continued to make the point. And then Feldo made a comment about you swing it too long um, or you're trying to hit it too hard or you're trying to swing it too long. And Mickelson said, but if I swung it shorter, I'd start hitting it like you. It was just- A bit of banter, a bit of It was just colors. gold. It was- it was fantastic, and I was hanging on every. Who's word. won more majors? Uh, what's Phil? Phil's won. I think Phil's won six, five, five or six. Yeah, and, and I think Feldo's the um, same. It, it, it must be touch and go. I, I should know that, but I, I, I don't know. But I re- I'll, I'll check that for you now, lads. I reckon that would be the. I haven't I done your research. One of them might have brought it out if they've got different numbers. <laughs> Which gets back to the Brooks versus Bryson thing when Bryson had a go at yeah. him about his. Uh, not having a six pack, and you said, "Yeah, right, I'm too short because he still had his PJ trophy." Come on, it's, it's a great anyway. comeback. You've got to give it to him. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So Phil, Phil's got five. I'm pretty sure Bugalugs has got six. I'm pretty sure Faldo's got. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he has got six. Yep, he's got six. So mm. there you go. That's probably the only Touch reason. Go, go, but <laughs> if you go for the seconds and thirds. I think Phyllis wins. Two legends, eh? Two legends. Is that rhyming slang or is that something else? <laughs> Ooh, whack. And moving along, my love boys, I've got a, I've got a, um, a good love this week. I'm wrapped that I bloody finished the latest Baron's Life uh, magazine. <laughs> Finally got it done <laughs> yeah. and got it out, right. and uh, had a, actually had a lot of lot of fun um, putting it together. And you learn, it's funny, you learn a lot of things um, 
when you delve into the history of golf, it, it's, it's such a sport oh. with magnificent history and just learning some, some interesting things about some of the best golf course designers uh, that have ever lived was, um, I really enjoyed doing that. But I've got to be honest, the minute I hit that send button, Oh, what a relief. Another one yeah, down. Well, the minute you hit the send button, it hit my inbox and I had a look at it. Uh, the thing that amazes me about that every time is I've had a go at PowerPoint. Uh, tough gig. And, and, <laughs> oh, that's and when, when I look at what you produce, <laughs> I, I do, don't even know where to start. It, it's the quality of it is unbelievable, to be honest, mate. So um, hats off. And the, obviously, the content's ridiculously good. But just the shine and polish of it. I don't know how, many, how you can put so many filters on pictures. They look wonderful. <laughs> no, no, the, there's Barons. I haven't touched a lot of those pictures. Com. They're all perfect, perfect David Scaletti originals that are just you don't need to touch any of them. There, yeah. he's the great, the great man. Absolutely delivered on the latest issue with the uh, with images from all around the world. The best courses going around. He's a he's a star, Dave. I know you're probably listening, so thanks again, big fella. Really appreciate your work. Yeah. So Baronslife.com, subscribe the mag. Go to the mag, open it up. Have a read. Read it on your PC. Read it on your tablet. Read it on a laptop. Uh, it's not mobile friendly, quite deliberately, because it's designed to be savoured with a glass of wine. So do yourself a favour. Give yourself an hour away from everybody and just digest it, savour it, and enjoy it. Just on it, Phil, just very quickly, I want to hold while you're talking about that. Alex Russell, I've got to be honest, I did not know nearly enough about him than I should as someone who's been in golf for as long as I was. I was quite ashamed at how little I knew about, about him um, and being arguably Australia's greatest uh, course designer. You should be ashamed, and I'm glad yeah. that I was able to assist you from a research point of view in opening your eyes to exactly how good this man was. And when Alistair McKenzie describes someone as the finest proponent of course design at the time and of the country, and when a course like Royal Melbourne effectively gives you the reins on mm-hmm. the East Course, which uh, have got many, many holes out there that are just out of this world. Yeah, genius. Yeah, genius. absolutely. Hence Tom Doak, Tom, Tom Doak trying to recreate Alex Russell's original Yarra Yarra will be one of the one of the sites. It'd be fascinating, won't it? Might yeah. take a little while for people to grow on them. But, uh, but, but, even, just his, but even just his life, Phil, of everything that he's achieved, he was an absolute overachiever, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, that can um, be said for a lot of course designers. Like the more you read about course designers, you know, some of them were you know, doctors, obviously. Else, some of them mm-hmm. were amazing, amazingly, I suppose, uh, successful Gifted, in suppose, yeah. other areas before they even turned to it. And I think it's it's, it's a sign of, I suppose, a you you you're diligent in what you do, but then there's a creative creative flair you need as a course designer as well. So they obviously reached a semi pinnacle in whatever other um, area of their life they they were good at, and this floated a boat. And you can see it in so many great designers. They they, they have almost two professions. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, Mackenzie spoke about Mackenzie spoke about um, learning a, a lot of the the idea about mm. camouflage from the ball walk. Yeah, where he was him being a, a Mister yep. Elster Mackenzie because he's a surgeon, so he's elevated himself yeah. from the doctors. <laughs> but Mister. he's Mister Elster Mackenzie. <laughs> but he um, what he learnt during the ball war about about camouflage and about having something natural look so- like something else. And then you look at his bunkering and how seamlessly it fits into landscapes, yet provides mm. you know just enough of a hint of you better. Go away, or you better hit the shot perfectly. It is. When I read about his camouflaging uh, expertise, all I could think of is that's why you can't see any of the freaking bunkers. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah he, he hides them on your beautiful. Like, where are they? Oh, I mean. <laughs> now I did have I did have one other love this week, boys, but it's more of a public service announcement that I just had to share with the world. Um, have you? Have either of you had a picanha yet? What? <laughs> it's Brazilian. It's basically a Brazilian. Um, uh, not a Brazilian. It's a it's a Brazilian cut of uh, of beef. A rump cap is probably what you know it as. No. Do, Why would I know it as a rump cap ch- when I've never heard of it? Oh, or do you cook it? Ser- seriously. <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, like Scotch fillet. Bye bye, I fillet. Picanha all day, every day. Sous vide at fifty five degrees for an hour and a half. Best meat you'll ever have. Unbelievable. Well, that's, that, anyway, that was just more of a – just wanted to share that, that, that with our be, listeners, guys. I'm going to start calling you Bryce. You, so you don't dare drink a beer out of a bottle around the guy. You'll nearly – he'll neck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, no, heaven oh. forbid you literally oh. had a jar of beer <laughs> during a podcast. Uh-huh. Now, Deez, and I know you've got a love. I just need to throw in you, – you went with your public service announcement. Yes. And I'm going to go with mine. <laughs> doing it yes. for Jared. Doing it for Jared, and this is a really important one. Challenge.org. Um, you need to, you need to go to challenge. You need to compel your golf club to go and sign up to a doing it for Jared golf day in support of challenge supporting kids with cancer. It is a fantastic 
both fundraiser for Challenge, but a way of bonding your club at a time when we need it more than ever. Absolutely. Coming out of curfew, COVID, all these other things, doesn't matter what state you're in. Do, so go and we, sign up, register your club, or put pressure on your manager to register your club. Doing it for Jared, they're being run through October and November, culminating at the Australian PGA in December. Do we have a, um, a, a way of, we, hopefully we can, just an, getting a number on how many clubs are actually getting involved? Because I'd love to put pressure on clubs as well. Like we, we've got this opportunity with all the, you know, the different social networks and whatnot to say, are you involved? Here's the number. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's something they should be wanting to put their hand up for, but maybe they don't know and, about it and, as well. And, boys, just to throw you throw us all under the bus, how about we float the idea of uh, possibly – one of the one of our listeners who gets their club involved that uh, there's every chance the golf brands could be coming down and uh, comment, commentating live. We'd lo- I'd love to commentate a Saturday comp. How good would that, that be? <laughs> Tremendous. We could be. Phil, Phil's gone quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil's just already writing down scripts as he's roaming in the cart with a big megaphone abusing people. I reckon. I reckon we'll be getting around someone, uh, one of the clubs here to, to really really boost it because as you say, Phil, it's a fantastic cause. We all know it's a great cause. Uh, it's just a matter of of all of us just pulling our fingers out and really getting behind an unbelievably good charity. Challenge.org.au. Get on there tomorrow. Get on to your club managers particularly. Put some pressure on them. It is a great event and it'll bond your club together mm. forever. I'm not sure you're going to find a bigger love than that, Dees, but what have you, my friend? Oh, yeah. Forget about your love. I'm going to go back to, <laughs> to good old Colin at the PGA. Uh, I just love when a guy you know, really works at their game for decades, builds an action yeah. that is unbelievably clean and you can look at the guy- Who, who are you talking about, Dees? The winner, Colin. Oh, the so, Colin, sorry, what oh, was I'm going to go with the second name because I'm just <laughs> waiting for you guys. Look at this. You're like little, two it's little okay. Cheshire cats ready to nail me on this. It's Mark not Strixon. Oh, I don't Go know. for it. You, you, you do it. Morikawa. Morikawa. Um, well, we, we, yeah, I'd like to say that that's how I said it, but no, I didn't say that. I just said Colin. Anyway, point is, he's, he's obviously you know, just been, been a hard worker his whole life. And when you see an action that is so clean and so yeah. repeatable, and, and like I, I call it a deserving winner, they're all deserving winners who, who you know, win these, these events. Nothing comes easy. But when you get a guy like that, you're like, God, it looks good, it works, um, and it's something that everyone can kind of aspire to. I love seeing a guy like that win. I just love it. And he's worked his whole life in his golf swing, and he's still only 23. I was about to say, he's only 23, isn't he? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't uh, rooting reasonably hard uh, late, pardon the pun, for Paul Casey. I would have loved to have seen Case get up. I had him in the Calcutta too. Well, that's why. You've ruined it for him, Phil. Don't ever let him find out. Dees? Nah. Not a fan? Uh, Nah. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Uh, and on that I've note, we'll move group a few times. He's not my yeah. favourite person. Oh, okay. There you go. And like that, um, he's warming to me even yeah. more. So, <laughs> for, um, Phil, let's uh, let's move let's move along. There's the loves. We've got the hates out the way. Anything anything that, that you can think of that oh, might just change things up a little bit? It's a discovery, Damon. I'm not sure why I only only discovered it this week, but Hornison, <laughs> bless you. Hornison. Now, we spoke a few weeks ago about the origins of wearing two gloves and all the rest, and I made up some rubbish answer about hunting and, you know, swapping a pair and turning it inside out and doing those other things. You've dead set just made that word up. I reckon this is as good an explanation as to where golf originated as I've found, and potentially 150 years after golf started, but that doesn't mean that the game hasn't changed as a result. Hornison, it's farmer's golf in Switzerland. It's Swiss (laughs) farmer's golf. They, they launch in um, – now, I've actually got the names here. They, they've got this thing called a treff. And a treff is an ultra-flexible Lamar Latrell-style pole. What's a Lamar Latrell-style um, pole? What does that well, mean? Well, Lamar Latrell, Revenge mean? of the Nerds, you're come just on. Read, you're trying to just sound intelligent here, Phil, about something you just read off Google. No. Lamar Latrell was at Revenge of the Nerds. And if you remember ah. him going in with a javelin, they designed the I'm javelin to be now. wobbling. Anyway. So you stand, you stand. I don't know, five feet, ten feet back from the ball and swing this thing around the body, almost hammer throw style, and then you hit the – now I've got to find it. You hit the noose or the hornus, <laughs> but you hit the noose. The noose. You hit the noose off that arm. So you have a noose, And you've yeah, got to fling – hang on, this is where it gets good and this is how it's going to apply to golf. You hit the noose off that arm and it goes out into the field but into like a wedge as if you would if you're doing discus or hammer throw. Almost baseball But yeah. out in the field, out in the field are your opponents – who are all holding shindles. 
And they've got to try and deflect the ball of, or deflect the nouse and stop it landing <laughs> in the field. The nouse now. By whacking it away. The so list. golf. This is the new golf. Are you ready? So, yeah. out so in, you're telling me that I get to hit a ball at Dames and he gets to try to deflect it off a fairway? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you <laughs> that you get to hit seven iron, you know, anywhere. We'll start at about 120 metres out. For me, I'll hit driver. But when you're batting, 120 metres to 180 metres out in a V-shape and Damo and I are going to be standing out there with our shindles and we've got to stop the ball hitting the ground. <laughs> and if it hits the ground, we get a point and the person with the least point at the end of the – Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm just jumped on YouTube to have a look at this thing. This is, this is the weirdest sport I've ever Hornison. seen. It's the future. Hornison. I'm telling you. For those, for those listening, H-O-R-N-U-S-S-E-N. You're telling me this was invented 150 years after the origination of golf. But how come we – About 1,600. Is there it injuries, has kicked on. Philip? Red Bull. Yeah, there, of <laughs> oh, course no. there's injuries. People die doing this, this stuff. This is dangerous. Red Bull. You know it's good because Red Bull sponsor, <laughs> uh, and we know that Red Bull gave us Lathala Island. I'm, so we know Red I'm Bull surprised they, they're okay. not wearing helmets, to be perfectly, Francis. They, because they've got to be tough. They've got, well, wow. they actually do wear helmets out in the field, or the smart ones do. But it's like <laughs> hurling, it's golf. It's a, bit of, a little bit of everything. But imagine that a golf version where you've actually got to deflect the ball out of the race and stop, you know, make sure that the other team doesn't get a point by pegging seven irons at your mate. I'll tell you what, looking it's at, the looking at the this, game. Jim Fury could go all right here. <laughs> it's the big one. It's actually Bubba Watson. There's a little bit of – imagine Bryson doing a Hornison. Anyway, so I reckon Hornison, Swiss Farmers Golf, Hornison, check it out because it's important to expand your mind. And there's no question that this is – and a relative of the game, the intelligent people moved to Scotland. The others stayed in Switzerland. They developed their game of Hornison, and away you go. But it was a semi-history. I feel lesson. Phil here that there's a um, there's going to be a challenge for yes. us in this. Yes, yes there does. is. <laughs> you can't unsee it. I've seen Hornison. I can't unsee Hornison. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving me the Hornison. Right? I'm easily Hornison right curiosity now. Curiosity, because I haven't got the uh, the screen up. How big is the Red Bull? The oh no, the red ball. Sorry, I just said the red no, ball. Red ball. ball. So the the noose, the nouse, the noose, the nouse, the noose. It's called the noose, the nouse, and little, the knees. Is a little thing that sits on the top of a ramp. So the idea is you get this big wind up like you are mm. with a hammer throw, and you fling the traff, and it accelerates really quickly. And they reckon the noose, the nouse, the noose moves at up to 300, um, 300 kilometers 300 an hour. So it's going to go through a head if it hits you. This is – it's just the future. It's awesome. I, I saw, love it. Hornison, yeah. I'm getting Dame, on to it. It's the best game you'll play once. I, I just saw Dames's face go from excited <laughs> to a little bit worried. <laughs> no, we're in. Now I'm get, we're in. We're doing it with Driver. Phil, I've, I've got a at, – at the risk of giving Kipper a big head, I've got a game changer this week. <laughs> Here we go. This will be Bigger. a setup. And it is – it's actually uh, <laughs> Kipper's uh, 15 shots you need to play great golf. It bloody works. <laughs> And I'm angry just to – so just to set the scene, was playing – or just before well, we were put in jail, I played a couple of uh, – two days in a row, I actually played two nine holes, um, so a whole round of golf over two days with a couple of different people, one with the little fella, my, my son, and then with a couple of mates. Anyway, I found myself, as I usually do, right side of the fairway – well, actually not in the fairway, in the in between the two fairways <laughs> under trees, little gap. A little gap that when I was little, when I was younger, I'd go, oh, I'll have a crack at that and try and try and get it just through that little gap. But I've grown older and a lot wiser. And I, these days I just I just chip it out into the fairway and then take a long shot in. But no, because Kipper has taught me how to hit a draw fill, how to get a recover how to play a recovery shot, and how to get that draw going, which is anti everything I've ever done. So I looked at it, saw the line, picked my line, picked uh, which the my target line, and being a draw. Kipper, more right than I would if it was a fade and I had to go slightly less to the left my target line. So I went further right, knowing it was going to snap quicker, according to the uh, the instruction. Nutted it. <laughs> Started at the tree, turned off beautifully, set up just short, chipped it to almost hold out, tap in, tap in birdie, par five. Kipper, you're a genius. Uh, we, need to, we need to listen you to you a little bit You more. know what I love about that story the most is that if you ask every single person, basically, the best golf shot they've ever hit, it's very rarely it's ever from the centre of a fairway. <laughs> it's always, yeah. I was in the shit on the right and I did X, Y, Z and I did this. I come out and I flush one to about four feet. That's when you hit your greatest shots because you've got real target orientation and, and you have to get it right. <laughs> so, I love it. Well, it was it was at that point, and this is genuine, I've 
that that quote from Arnold Palmer was stuck. Like when I saw the 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 ball take off and then peel off at the perfect time, it's just that quote from Arnold Palmer. What was it? Uh, what other people may find in poetry, I find in the flight of a good drive. Well, I felt that with that shot. Mm-hmm. The flight of it was just. It was it was just something very um mm. what's the word I'm looking for Phil very incant oh. no I've I've lost it Spir- but spiritual. it was it, yeah well very much mm. so yes it was the numinous of it it's, it's, that was uh, it's funny because that was quite, that, quite that, that, special. I reckon people will have a shot like that that will stay with them for the rest of their lives like there'll be one shot that you generally will remember for, you know, most but do anyway for forever just a, a ripper that you probably shouldn't have pulled off and you did. Mm. And and having Arnie come to mind was good because we're both just <laughs> in case you weren't weren't aware we're both born on the uh, on the same day tenth of September their days and we have um, seven majors between us so it's obviously something about the day bit of numerology for you guys anyway and neither of you know what's in an Arnold Palmer <laughs> yeah I, I've I've always known <laughs> go on Phil what is it I stay in what, lemonade what is it. Well, then why – okay, what, is this some – Dorothy Dixer, is this like listening to the parliamentary inquiry today where you asked me – Why would you do that? Where, and then gave me the answer. You're going to do any it work? It reminds me of an interview when I went for – and I am digressing a little bit. When I, I remember going for a, a role as a sales rep with Spalding uh, many years ago. and I can't even uh, And was that. in the interview and was really very, very keen on this job and a great man bailed me out because at the time we didn't have the internet to do a lot of research. And so one of the questions was what are the components of a three-piece ball? And I was about to give an answer that I thought was right, but I'd never actually thought about a ball construction or otherwise at, at the ripe old age of not very old. And as I'm about to give the wrong answer, one of my fellow interviewers gives it the, well, of course he knows that. It's this, this, and this. And from then on, I almost didn't have to answer a question from the rest of the interview because one of them would ask it and someone else would then answer it as they continued to compete with each other and then got the gig. And that was where this journey started. Talk about golf as a journey. Anyway, the, I digress awesome. a little bit. Oh, there you go. So that's my, my game changer. We've got to get on board, Kippers. Now I've got to work out a way in, in which to uh, let everyone – See the 15 shots you need to play great golf. <laughs> that, will, that, that will be out. Shortly, I was going to say, uh, I, I didn't even go down that path. I'm like, oh, shit, is it out? I didn't see that. But no, it's not out. That's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Do you realise just because of you single-handedly, we've now got to put that little red E next to this podcast. Which red E? Yeah, no, we're, de- we're demonetised now. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Normally it's my- oh, Don't worry, Kelly Kelly coming up is, uh, <laughs> is demonetised for us anyway. So, Phil, you've done yours. I've done mine. Dees, did you have any game changers this week? Well, not so much. It takes me back still to where we're at right now with the old um, ISO and, and just watching golf with no patrons. Yeah, the PGA doesn't have many patrons normally anyway, so it wasn't that different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you say that the PGA's the PGA's been one of the genuinely the last no. probably five six years has been one of the genuinely one of the better um, majors. Well, must have changed. And the results have been up. The last there. time I went, to- it used to be the one the ugly oh. the ugly sibling took- or ugly sister or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But I remember I took my. Sorry, you go. I took my wife to one out of Atlanta. I uh, forget what year it was. It must have been 2000 and I think it was 13. And it was actually 2013, I think, and just brutal. There was no one there. It was, and I was just remember thinking, yeah, coming off the other ones, which is, you know, so, I suppose, amped up. I was like, oh, this is just, this is going to die, this event. But it's really, um, I guess, reinvigorated themselves. But, uh, you know, point is, getting back to the game changer would be, you know, do you reckon players, and this comes down, I'll have my point in a minute, but do you reckon players were any less nervous at all? I do, and the only reason I'm going to say that I do is because of Paul Casey's comment going to the last round that he thinks by not having crowds there, it might help his nerves. Yeah, right. I didn't hear him say that. That was when I knew my Calcutta bit was screwed, (laughs) by the way. that surprises me because, like, I just think that guys at that level don't, well, I wouldn't have thought, are that engaged about – What's around him? You know, you've got to hit, hit a shot and everything's on the line. So the, the nerves will be there anyway. I'm not sure it would have been that much more heightened by a gallery. The only thing that I found ever got heightened was pressure. Because when people could hear you or you started to stuff up, there was that amp- amplification of pressure. Mm. And then when you were doing well, I don't think that a roaring crowd like a basketball or anything necessarily helped you. You had to actually calm yourself down from it. The current AFL season is probably not a bad mm. um, bad one to look at when you when they haven't been playing with crowds. The standard's been really, really poor. It's been terrible. And then as soon as they've started to introduce some crowds, we've started to see some decent games. Mm. Where so I think I think 
once you get to that level, these guys play off that energy far more than we realise. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they may do. Like, it's a really interesting one because you've seen with the AFL too when they've had the canned, what do you call it, cheering or whatever, and they've played that through the speakers in the stadium. The feedback on that was that the players really liked it because when still air was there, mm. it was quite confronting. Anyway, the, the game change I was getting to, it's a bit of a flip, but let's webcam up every tee box, fairway and green, <laughs> right, <laughs> so that Joe, Joe Punter can go home, watch himself play and just get his own take on how he's playing versus what he thinks others should do. Because hindsight's ripping, right? Everyone, you watch these events and everyone's got their two cents about what a player should do. But if you get a like a snapshot of someone from a certain distance and they have to watch themselves <laughs> in retrospect, hit, <laughs> hit a shot that they know they shouldn't have hit, I just wonder if it would be a game changer of them going, yeah, next time I'm not going to do that. Because Might just shut my yeah, trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But even if it was, but Dees, to your point, and something that might be simple, and this is something for Jason Howarth at, at Top Tracer to mm. keep in mind, is that what about for a Saturday comp or a medal on four clubs mm. every state, let, let's talk about Australia, every state, every month, there are four tees, critical tee shots, that they actually have Top Tracer on, that at the end of your round, you actually get, you can go and log in and get your Top Tracer drive yeah. from that hole. Well, whereby you do get a sense of, of tour and you actually get to go back home having got over the fact that, you know, you, you mm. didn't go overly well or maybe that you've had a win and to actually replay the drive with Top Tracer because I know when I was lucky enough to play the old course at St Andrews. Ding. Uh, and I know that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and 17th hole, so the only fairway that I was desperate to hit, uh, the only house that I was desperate to hit was off 18. <laughs> the only fairway I was desperate to hit was One. 17. <laughs> And and I remember getting there, getting onto the seventeenth tee with McKetty Louie coming off a quadruple bogey run of quadruple bogeys, <laughs> and him just saying, "Go for the O in old." We're just going to try and take this one over the O in old. <laughs> all, all he said with the drop and being able to stand up, my ball went over mm. the O in old. So for anyone who's played off it, we were playing off a further back tee. So yes, I know you all could have gone over the O in course because you're awesome, <laughs> but I went over the O in old. And I would have loved, I would have loved to have had top tracer behind that, mm. tracing the ball yeah. flight as it went yeah. over. You know, the hundred and thirty. At, at the speed that would have taken off, Phil, you could have just got someone with a ribbon just to run behind it. <laughs> but it's not. It's, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Dude? Yeah, it's funny making fun of me. No but. doubt that that's going to happen. One hundred percent, it will, because the golf courses have to, you know, evolve with the times. They have to get a little bit more updated with what's going to keep a person's interest and in ball flight and spin rate and distance and close proximity to the hole and all that shit's definitely going to happen. One hundred percent. And furthermore, to that point of. I suppose the game changer I was, I was reiterating, which was get a person watching their own game, is because when I take a client out and do some filming of their game, for the majority of them, it's the first time they've ever seen themselves hit a golf ball on the course. Right? And so that, that in itself is quite amazing. They love the footage. They want as much as they can get. So I think if a, ga- if a, if a course – you know, did something like that. I don't know how it would work, CCTV or whatever it is, and you could just stream your own shot according to time dates or something. I think you'd be surprised how many people would be really engaged in it. They would all get – I can tell you, on the first tee, let's say we – you know, Royal Melbourne West Course first tee, every member who hit oh. off on a Saturday, if they got any club face yeah. on the ball at all, would oh. race home – and log in to try and download yeah, this. Imagine the banter with, with the lads as well, getting stuck into each other when one of them shakes it. They're all racing home to see who can get to it first. You know what we maybe think think of it as well? You know when you go on um, carnival rides and they've got that, you come off the carnival ride, they've got that one <laughs> shot of you going down the roller coaster, right? So you'd have like a bunch of different screens where you could go in and go, yeah, I'll take that swing. I won't take that one. I'll take that part. I'll take this. <laughs> Spend an extra $400 at the end of the round. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, boys, during the week, we got an email. We, we love our listeners, and we got a got an email that came through just from from Kelly, actually. And Kelly, Kelly just started out with uh, with golf, fairly new to the game, loves the game, and and just wants to make sure that everything that she's doing is well. The etiquette, she's on top of the etiquette of the game. And her question that came through was: If someone hits a powerful ball from the group behind you and it lands very close to you and scares the shit out of you. <laughs> Should you pick it up and put it in your pocket to teach them a lesson? <laughs> now, yes, it's a really interesting question, and it's one that we've all been we've all encountered out on out on the course. Thanks, so, Kelly. thank you, Kelly. But now, while my gut reaction is to agree wholeheartedly with the suggestion from Kelly, 
I fear the pocket pinching of balls could be, well, over time, that, that's going to get abused. People are going to find an ex- extra excuse. Oh, that's close enough. Or that's going. So here's my solution to this, because I think it's actually a really good suggestion from Kelly. I think, and this will be fair for both parties, I think that we're allowed an extra club in our bag, and it's called the SDS. <laughs> It's the social distance stick. <laughs> and the idea of this would be that if a ball lands or finishes within reach of the SDS, uh, which has been 1.5, but I think we need to extend that to two metres because if a ball's within two metres, that would be pretty annoying. So if the ball lands or finishes within the reach of the SDS, which is that two-metre range, the ball is now yours under the rules of golf, rule 84B, subsection C, clause 2, uh, which is otherwise known as don't hit up on me, you dickhead. <laughs> So thank you, Kelly. That's a solution I think we can all embrace, boys, and I, I think it. it's a real game. You, you know where I thought you were heading with that, which I, I just started to giggle at already. I thought the SDS club was the club used when you did have that ball finish within social distancing area. You could turn around, <laughs> set up, and hit it as far as you back wanted at, at any direction. Well, you, well, you <laughs> actually can, though, because it's now your ball. <laughs> uh, except for the fact that Kelly might have an air swing. Now, well, I was actually privy to the same email because it, it – from support at uh, uh, sorry swagger at golfbarons.com. but so there's just a couple of other quick ones and I'm just going to run these past you. If you think the players in front of you are dawdling, should you tell them to hurry up? And conversely, if someone is behind you and almost in your game, can you tell them to back off, or do you just cruise through without it letting upset you? You've got five seconds. I'm sensing I'm sensing a very similar issues here for Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Should we ever use your mobile phone on a golf course? Or should a golf be a phone-free zone? Only for photos, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those things that I know everyone's on the GPSs or whatnot, but just put it down for a couple of hours. Yeah. Enjoy where you are. Uh, like you're, you're there to get away. Put in CCTV cameras and then that takes your photo for you. But but yeah, you need to get genius. photos though. You need to get photos of great golf. I really believe that. Those memories are awesome. I look back on plenty of them and love the fact that I did pull it out, that I whipped it out, boys, and took a couple of photos. So, Pine Valley, if you are seen doing business on the golf course on your mobile phone, you are uh, effectively either suspended or kicked yeah. out straight away, Fair Pine enough. Valley. Because like they've just said, no, no, this is golf time. If yeah. you can't spare the time just to come and play golf, then, then leave us alone. Yeah. Okay, a couple others. If you're waiting and watching the group in front to tee off at a hole, is it wrong to commend them? If you say good shot, is that considered bad etiquette? Because, as Kelly says, they always scowl at yeah, us. Well, Kelly's right because I've seen, I've done this a lot where I've got, oh, great shot. It's like they get nervous that someone else is watching them or how dare you comment on my swing. I'm like, I've, I've just yeah. given you a compliment, uh, you wanker. This is what Kelly's spot on. What It shits me to tears. The the general attitude, honestly, this is what this is what our show, this, the magazine and the Golf Baron show on KM Fox Sports is all about, right? It's it's just Ding. making people understand that this is a lovely game for everyone, not a hoity-toity, nose up, don't talk to me. It just angers me no end. And that's how come we, we started this thing all together because we all had the same morals and values around that kind of talk more. Absolutely, yeah. right? So when some if someone scouted at me walking off a tee when I'd said good shot to them, right, I, yeah. I reckon I'd just open up, right? Because I just couldn't help it because how dare they? It, more the point, if you've, if you've hit a crap shot off the tee, the last thing – like I want the group behind who's seen it to have a laugh with us. I don't want them to be sitting there looking, you know, looking to the side as if someone's died. Yeah. I mean, people Philly. And the, and the only reason a person would say could scale after you've said nice shot is probably because they're having a mare and they've just hit one down the middle and they <laughs> think that you know that they've had a mare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just got nice good shot yeah, on the rest that of your rounds being shit. <laughs> right? so. There is there is one more critical question that was asked, and I won't necessarily say it was from. Kelly, but let's just say it was someone close to Kelly. Should you wear the worst jumper in the world on a golf course? Uh, no. For example, would you wear a jumper on a golf course as a golf baron that said golf on the front? Oh, God. This is, I'm not a big fan of, as an I'm example, not a big fan I'm of wearing jumpers the on a golf course. Oh, I'll, I'll open up sock. on this one again. Golf fashion's horrendous. Horrendous. So it can't be any worse. <laughs> well, actually, not anymore. It's okay, not, I'll, I'll not answer this. When you finish golf and you go to a bar, can you run to the car quick enough to change your top or pants? Hey, in my in my Under Armour gear, I cannot take more relaxed, <laughs> a more of a relaxed walk to the bar knowing that I'm going to be the sharpest bloke in there. What else have you got? <laughs> you, you just look like a typical American walking into a bar. That's your problem. <laughs> I tell you what Kipper now doesn't have. 
He now doesn't have a clothing sponsor. Yeah. Uh, You're not too good at this commercial thing, are you? It's golf golf clothes have to change with the times. And that's that's why the ping outfits that I wear, I do – but this is why the ping outfits I wear, further to that point, Philip, I'll answer that and rebut it, right? Ding. They are tight-knitted, <laughs> right? And I love, I love tight-fitting, show the rig. Um, lo- I love them, right? And that's the only reason I'd wear them. All 42 kilos but, of it, yeah. what Kelly's talking about isn't great ping gear nor armor on a gear. Well, it wasn't exactly Kelly talking about it. Let's just say that but, someone's put Kelly in it because Kelly may or may not have a no, jumper that says golf on the it, front. When we talk about golf gear, we don't talk about cracking companies. You talk about the half-assed measures people take to throw on a polo and some horrendous pleated sh- pants. It's not on. It's not on. I'm quite, I'm quite passionate about this, by the way, boys. I, I just hate bad fashion on a Really? Golf Not passionate enough to ever iron a shirt for us? I, but anyway, I get, we'll I get new on. shirts each time. <laughs> <laughs> Disposables. Now, boys, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got an apology I need to make. I've got an apology about – so for several weeks now, Phil, I've been talking about how I'm a little bit over the lack of individual swings on the PGA Tour, how all swings seem to be fairly ra- robotic and they're all taught the same things over and over again. Well, watching the PGA Champion – now, I haven't watched a lot of golf this year, if I'm perfectly – not that there's been a whole lot on, but I've not watched nearly as much golf in the last, oh, I don't know, probably 18 months to what I had for the previous decade. But watching the PGA Championship – there are some guys with genuinely, utterly unique-looking swings and identifiable swings. Now, obviously, there's the Bryson. Not a fan of his swing, but his, his swing is very much his swing. Scotty Scheffler, I'm sure you saw him. He sort of slips out uh, after – he's like he gives it everything, and then he slips out behind him as he, as he plays. And Cameron Champ, who's absolutely smokes those long, like really low bullets. I don't know how he gets the distance he does with the trajectory he hits it at. Um, these will probably be able to fill us in a little bit more with that. But my apology is that the swings are not nearly as robotic as, as I had assumed. <laughs> not only they're not robotic, robotic, not robotic, uh, mm. Dimo, they're not robotic or robotic to, or acrobatic. You need to have a robotic. They, in fact, they're more acrobatic than robotic or robotic. But what I'm also ashamed of in your apology <laughs> is that I was not more forthright in pulling you up on But you didn't seem to – you agreed with me. Well, don't, don't, don't. Well, I didn't disagree with you, which oh, is my no, concern. you strongly agreed. The reality is there there are not – I would go as far as to say there agreement. are almost not two actions that are the same on the PGA Tour. There are similarities, but there are almost not two actions where you could actually overlay and go, I'm not sure right. whether that's him or him. And I know from sitting behind Patrick Reed for half an hour at the – Ding. Oh, where's my ding? Thank you. <laughs> At the President's Cup when he was warming up next to Tiger, ding. ding. Tony now, ding. And then sitting behind Adam Scott. But as good a ball striker as I have ever seen in terms of consistency, divot, pattern, sound, talking about minute half-degree angles with his coach who was cutting for him because his other coach or his other caddy had been locked up for punching up a – For dropping um, a bag. An Aussie. But, but they're really individual. What I was most disappointed was – Sending Kipper a note <laughs> saying, Kipper, you need to teach me to swing it like Cameron Champ, of which he replied with, well, you're going to need to get some white pants. <laughs> so not, no worries, let me know when we start, or yeah, I reckon we can do that, or, you know, further to our conversation from last week, you know, the body angles and sharp, the, the body type's very similar, the hand height's very similar. No, no, it just said it'll start with some and white nothing, pants. And nothing to do with um, generating a little bit of ball speed. Or clubhead speed. But that was that's half the point, <laughs> Shooter. You can't like that was the point. Is when he just hit a drive at a hundred feet. So keep it, uh, Shooter, to your point, hundred feet mm. max height, and he flew it. He carried it three hundred and six yards. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, at a hundred feet, he's out of this world. Rory hits the hundred and fifty mm. feet. That is out of this world. That's almost. Get- that's almost it, it, as someone who struggles big time to keep it <laughs> even remote. Like I hit, it, I hit the ball so high. Mm. Watching someone like that is just that's my dream ball flight. I just want to be able to Can do Can you that. imagine how far that pill would go like on a on an Australian fairway in the height of summer? Like yeah, yeah or in stopped. or on the yeah, obviously the links in over at the oh o- yeah, God. the open just oh, oh, my see word. you later. Yeah. 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 Scary. It's unbelievable. But in terms of but in terms of those swings, I mean that was the that was the element. So Shooter, have you got a have you got a golf swing of all of those having watched the the PGA Championship specifically? Have you got a golf swing? Forget body type because obviously you're a bit rotund, but forget body type <laughs> Athletic. and all the rest it's of it. It's muscular. Have you, got, have, you, have you got a swing that you just say, if I could swing it Not like a question. Anybody? Not a question. Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah. I absolutely Slick, love watching. I could, wa- I could watch him on repeat in a GIF. 
over and over and over and over again, and it would just uh, everything about it. It's just it's just yeah, so slick for me. What about you, Philip? Because I mean, I looked at like Morikawa is just you, a great that, swinger, no? and what was interesting, Morikawa uh, or Morikawa son. Yeah, but was one of the was a really good golf swing. And what was interesting was listening to Feldo, who I think, no offense, and for all your six majors, it probably is time to hang him up because just getting back to the Mickelson thing. When Mickelson was in the commentary booth, the whole energy you've just from retired Phil. Finch. You've retired Phil yeah. twenty years early. No, no, no I didn't tried, retire Phil. Tried, I retired yeah, Nick. Felder. No, but you're telling, you're putting you're putting Phil in the um, in his place, which means you'd have oh, to I'm stop playing, which course. would be a retirement. I'm not. Lawyered. I'm telling Feldo. I'm telling Feldo that it might be time to either get some energy, have some coffees, or maybe just come in for special comments every now and again. Because when Mickelson was in the booth, they were pumped up. But Feldo was lamenting these different techniques, and they were you know almost laughing about Scotty Scheffler's feet and. You know, a, a couple of the other actions, you know, even Bryson, the way he was going about it and versus Morikawa, the purity. And you could see his eyes light up about the purity of Morikawa. You know, just, oh, that's how a go- – oh, that's what a golf swing looks like and that's what a chip shot looks like. I mean, he couldn't let go of Jason Day and his sti- stiffer wrist chipping action. Like, just move on, yeah. champion. But, but Kipper, your job – and I am not taking the piss. <laughs> your job is to get me swinging it. Like Cameron Jack. Well, in, in all seriousness, well, you, you're gonna have to you, speed up the footage. You last time I, <laughs> I actually saw you hit Philip, I was super impressed with the actual yes, improvement you'd made clearly yeah. without me uh-huh. with someone yeah. in clearly. your ball flight no, me. in general. It was totally different than it was yeah. six months ago. I was impressed he I was um, impressed he hit three. So whatever you do whatever you're doing, <laughs> keep doing it. because uh, you, your ball flight's actually finally no. starting to get penetrated. No, no, I want Cameron Ch- No, I've already decided I want to change. <laughs> But but within that, is should we Kipper be looking at swings copied from the LPGA tour? I mean, and again, we had Gabby Ruffles, and congratulations mm. to Gabby, runner-up in the US Women's Amateur, going for a, a repeat. But are, they, are we better off, particularly at no? In fact, I mean, they're they're significantly longer than me. Are we better off actually looking at swings from the LPGA tour versus the the PGA tour? If no, we're trying no, to no, it's really Thank interesting. You. No, 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 this is really a question because I get that a lot from my clients. Should I Phil look perhaps. a lot more? At- uh, the ladies tour because they can see a lot more of the swing and how it looks as opposed to this big, you know, brute force thing that DeChambeau's floating out there that they they kind of can't mimic, right? So they're, they're looking for someone to mimic. And there is some some validation in that, right, to, to look and see it more. But it, it's it's purely – the golf swing is a really interesting one when, it, when it's all broken down. It's purely lever-based, right? That's all it is, okay? So – You've got to work with your strengths and, and work, I suppose, against your weaknesses to create severe power for an individual. Now, Bryson's very top heavy. You know, he's got, you know, quite, quite a big upper body and quite big arms and all the rest of it. So he can use a fair bit of that to create power. And then you've got your little whippets that you'd fall into that category, Phil. And you've, you're a tall man. <laughs> right? You're a tall man. Now, whippets are pretty quick. You, you've got, you've got really good lever length. You just don't use them. Right. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so what? What? Yeah. Listen to you. Sorry. Sorry. Let's hear David, that again. David, let's hear that again. Is, sorry. This is going to be uh, end up being end up being a compliment. But you, <laughs> you're you. getting there, right? Because what you when we shot that like, for the viewers out there, it hasn't been released yet. But we shot a, a segment to try to quick quicken up the game of golf. And during that segment, <laughs> I was blown away to be honest, Phil, with how you were hitting the ball. I was freaking shocked, right? Because it was longer, more penetrating, and the best I've ever seen here. To be to be frank, right? And the the difference, (laughs) I ask you specifically, is there anything you've done differently? And you told me, yes, I've tried to free up my arms a little more and, you know, swing my arms into the ball and not use my body as much. And it's the greatest thing you could be doing, right, because you've got great lever length and that's something that will give you the distance that you you desire. So It's like eight eight feet of levers. Yeah, you've got enormous levers, like a Brett Ogle. You know, it's just about how to use them. Some of the greats. <laughs> no, well, point is, you're, you're probably halfway there to your true power. Like you've got still a fair bit of juice in the tank. Yeah. So at 60 miles an hour, what, club what, head speed. what are you? So you can get that to is my maximum. If, you can do this. If, 120. If, no, no, he if, just if, said if 120. I'm telling if, viewers, what said, are you? I can't remember the last time it was measured. It's got to be in the high 400,000. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. would be, I would be, when I'm, when I'm confident in swinging it hard, I'm between 95 right. and 100, which yeah. is insulting. With driver, when Damo's six-on club head speed, I think, was 94. Yeah, I reckon I could honestly get you between 107 and 111. Right? And yeah, that, and that, and one, 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 one mile, 
once you're over basically 103, 104 mile an hour, one mile an hour equates to around about four meters. So if you're swinging at about 100, yeah, yeah, and I can get you to with proper contact, yeah. you're looking at 40 meters well, more. So D's, just to put that in perspective, how f- how fast could you get me swinging? So yeah, you're you're an interesting one. What are you currently swinging? Because you were nearly beating me. You over 120 yeah. something? No, or you not no, settled? It was 140. Down. No, it was yeah. 140. <laughs> oh come on! It was 142 or 128. I, I reckon I saw your clock at one. No, no, a the, at the ping thing, I think it was 116 or something like that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say 118, and that's getting up there. I can tell you, that's with a stiff back. I can tell you that now. That's getting up there. But you've got. I'll throw you a punch, then a, a pick me up. You've got power that yeah. <laughs> that just comes across the ball at such speed that it does nothing, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, but you you've got the power, mate. You, you just you just got to fix your swing. <laughs> and that was you got the power. That was an interesting scared. point. But but just on that, when we um, played the media day uh, ahead of the Presidents Cup at Royal Melbourne, um, composite whilst carrying a gin and tonic. But on the first tee, they actually had. Trackman, and they oh. were running through everyone's numbers. And one of the guys we were playing with was eight miles an hour quicker in club head speed right. than me, but I hit it seven metres further than him because his yeah. impact angles, and there was just so much yeah. power lag. And, and there's no, I've said that to Damo. I said, if, if when he looks at his six iron, he should be able to hit six right. iron 185 yeah. metres, but only it hits hit these one, little knock up. 168. Hit yeah. these little knock up wedges when it makes the middle of the club face, let alone the yeah. edge. And I think that's also, also <laughs> too, a lot, of, a lot of the thing about gaining power. Obviously, people look at the, the one big number, which is club head speed. But, um, yeah, when they look at center strike and ball speed and, and then and then obviously smash, smash factor, factor they, yeah. they start to see some gaping holes, and that's got a lot to do with technique. But, now, nah, Philip, you've got about, I reckon, a good seven to ten mile an hour in the tank. Well, come on well, then. Let's go. Wins. Boys, very quickly, uh, Morikawa, it was an awesome win, but I want to talk about that drive on 16. Oh. Absolute, like this is the pressure moment of, of the tournament. He hits, he absolutely stiffs at the par four, hits it to, I think it was about 12 feet. That might be even being a bit unfair mm. to him. Um, was it seven? Was it that? Okay. Like, I mean, it was such a, it was, at the time I felt, oh, there's, Oh, it was a real shame that there was just no crowd there oh, to cheer it because that was that that moment for that guy would have been absolutely deafening um, had there been a crowd there. So I almost feel like he was robbed of that moment. But as soon as he hit that to there, I was like, he he doesn't lose from here. He cannot lose from mm-hmm. here. Casey would have had to you know had to birdie the he had to birdie the final two just to tie him. I just you couldn't see it happening because he was always going to get at least a birdie. Can you think of another? I mean, there's been plenty of them, but. Is there another shot like that that you think of? You know, at the at the death yeah. in a major, where you go, oh, there, that's mm. the moment, that's the moment. Like you could just, I think, see I'll it. go first on this one, Philip. The, the first one that I, I think of every time is Corey Pavin. You know, that three when he hits in the last there, I'll never ever forget it because it was just one of those shots where you're like, the pressure. He does that funky little, you know. <laughs> Out to in, you know, mimic swing that looks like he's going to carve it, you know, 16. F- Out, outstanding Mustaka at the time. <laughs> 16 fairways right. That's how it looks. And then he just shuts the shoulders off and has this big arch bowed back coming into the ball and rips the three wood to, I don't even know how many feet it was, as tight as though. But yeah, in a major, you know, that's, in my opinion, right up there, some of the greatest, or maybe even one of, if not the greatest shot of all time. Uh, and one for, that didn't go in for the win. I mean, if we think about shots that, that consequently he didn't win the tournament, but pressure shots, your mate Anhal that needed birdie on 18 in Augusta to get into the playoff with Adam oh, Scott. Mm-hmm. And he hits it, you know, with drizzling rain and everything else, he hits it to four feet. Yeah. Just extraordinary. Their ability to turn it on at that moment. But what's interesting is golf being a game of inches because Bryson DeChambeau on 16 was a foot away from being at least as close as Morikawa to the hole. Yet he, you know, and he also got lucky. In many respects, he got lucky and unlucky with the bounce. But he was a foot away mm. from being a, a tapping eagle. And then the whole game plan changes. But there was a difference between coulda, shoulda, woulda, and did. And Morikawa yeah. did. And it was everything about it was perfect. But what then impressed me about him was his tee shot on 17, exactly where you would want to go. And then, then when everyone else and a lot of people were struggling to hit fairway on 18, even though it was a bit of a wide target, he then just flushes one down the middle of, of 18. And it's this, it's this combination of no fear, but it's not It's the, no it's fear the age, yeah. It's the young, that young age. But it's age not well, irresponsible. It? So often when they talk about having no fear, they talk about risk-taking as opposed to not feeling, Kipper, to your point, not feeling the pressure mm. of the moment. And we go back to the discussion we had last week about what separates 
the outliers, what separates the the elite and the bits that you can't bottle. You can't train yourself to you, you can give yourself the best opportunity, but there's something in his head that allowed him mm. to execute at a time when others others didn't. And the reality is if if some others had have executed, not that it still stings me, the ninety six Masters jacket is going on a different back. We don't and talk about it. The whole conversation Phil. with Mickelson is very, very different come Saturday afternoon between he and Feldo during the PJ Championship because Norman's got the green jacket, not not Feldo, and who knows that sliding doors moment of what what happens. Bit bit um, of chaos there, Phil. A bit of uh, a bit of butterfly effect. Oh, there's a bit of butterfly effect, but although at one stage I was also regarded that Daniel Berger was gripping his putter more times than Norman did on the tenth green in the '96 Masters. Not that it's burnt me much. <laughs> I love, um, I love so that. You- I love that watching it. My uh, my ten year old comes in and goes, "Yeah, well, Hammy just missed one. Who? Hammy? <laughs> Hamburger? All right, you've got your dad's sense of humour. That's going to go. That's going to serve you well, pal. <laughs> oh, I love it. Speaking of swings, there, Phil uh, Dees, you've seen a lot of the the best swingers. And a lot of the best golfers on tour <laughs> hit hit for many years. What's the best swing that you've seen on tour that you'd look at and go, "Oh, that that's the best swing that I would, I'd love to have," or, or for whatever? I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to name drop my ass off here um, because uh, this changed my opinion on on the best swings prior to a, a sit down lunch with Phil at his at Phil's Phil, grill, Phil uh, Phil Mickerson's grill. Oh, the and real Phil. Just hold the there for a minute, Kipper. So what we're going to do, just for the interest of the viewers, here's one ding that's going to cover the next 35 names, okay? So, Damo, can you give us a ding? Ding! <laughs> anyway, sitting there with Bads and Tiger. And- no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, the story goes, basically, I'll, I'll make it short, but Phil was asked that question years ago from someone else. So, uh, as in, what, what swing did he rate the most? So, before answering it in, in this discussion at the table, he floated it to us, and, of course, you know, me being a little young piper, I was only 21 at the time, and I'm like, oh, look, I've got to be honest, I just love a Ben Hogan swing. I, I just think it's the greatest swing of all time for so many reasons. And he's like, fair enough. And then we went around the table, everyone had their go. And we said, what about you? And he said, well, he goes, if you're looking at pure aesthetics and beautifulness, he goes, I'd probably say someone like Adam Scott. He goes, it just looks beautiful. But would I want it? No. And I said, oh, okay. He said, for – Pure ball striking and just unbelievable flight control and everything. He said, and he, at the time I wasn't cutting for Allenby, but he said, um, Allenby in modern days is as good as I've seen striking. He goes, unbelievable. I said, yeah, right. And, and he said, but um, wouldn't want that either. And I said, so who? And, and, and he goes, well, Lee Trevino. And I said, we all just sort of said, why? And he said, because Lee Trevino owned his swing. And he goes, and that's all golf's about. He goes, you've got to learn how to own your swing. The guy's that good that he ends up walking into the ball to hit a shot because he can't align straight. He goes, that's owning your swing. And the shallowing of the club and the bowing of the wrist was so anti those days. He said that that's that's my greatest swing of all time. And from that point, it really was from that point, as I said, I was just young and uh, totally um, ill-informed in so many ways of what a good swing was. I just thought aesthetics was where it was at and on plainness and all the crap you you read about from, you know, uneducated books back in those days. And I started to look at the one thing that mattered and that was impact and how to get there. So many years later, and you ask me the question now, what swing do I rate? It's Kenny Perry. And Didn't think No, not many- not, not so many you would, right? <laughs> well, that doesn't hurt him. Um, but Kenny Perry flushes the ball like you would not believe. His ball flight is frighteningly accurate. You know, not the most powerful of powerful players that you've seen, but the, the accuracy is phenomenal and flight control is unreal. But the thing about that guy that is so good, and some people may know, may not know, but he basically had to make his swing up because he's got fused discs in his back. So he cannot take the club away conventionally. He can't take it back on plane and he can't have the you know, lower thoracic rotate at a normal rate that other players do. So he basically picks the club entirely up to his, to his um, right here. And then if you watch footage, I'd take any of my students to look at this, but also the viewers, the listeners out there, I'd just tell you that tonight, have a look at that guy's swing. Wait till he gets to basically three quarters of the way of his goal swing and then he turns. And if you try doing this swing, so he basically picks it up, gets to his right ear, then makes an incomplete 90 degree or 110 degree shift with his shoulders, big rotational move, drops it down on plane and rips it. Um, and slots at time after time after time after time. And his timing on the turn and the drop is exquisite and the same every time. 
And the fact that he was able to manufacture that and build that and, and own that, for me, I rate it as, as one of the greatest swings I've ever seen because you give that swing, that swing issue, fused back to any of the other population that you know I coach, they're playing off 25. Uh, they're not they're not one of the great ball strikers of all time. So that's all I rate, and that only comes from basically um, Phil opening my eyes to what what really counts, and that's impact. Well, with that, I think our Phil needs to own his seventy five <laughs> miles an hour. And on that note, we'll bring this tenuous links golf podcast to a close. Special thanks to today's sponsor, the new Mizuno JPX nine two one Iron family of forged beauties. If you're in the market for new sticks, you'll definitely want to check them out. And be sure to support us by watching Golf Barons On Demand on KO and Foxtel with new episodes released weekly. Perfect curfew enforced watching and season two is also well underway. We can't promise you we won't be masked up for a fair chunk of it. Head over to baronslife.com and sign up to get reminders about this podcast or to check out the latest issue of Barons Life Golf and Lifestyle Magazine just released with some of the game's greatest course designers featured inside, among plenty of other game-changing content. Until next time, Barons, from the whole Golf Barons team, thanks again for listening and add some swagger to your swing. And then art it. <laughs> <laughs>